Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, March 3rd, 2024. Pastor John Melke. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so they too might share in the joy Jesus won for them. Here's Pastor. Please stand. Listen to the words of our God recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 2, which will serve as the basis for today's sermon. You'll see it also on the screen. The Jewish Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and money changers sitting at tables. He made a whip of cords and drove everyone out of the temple courts, along with the sheep and oxen. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those selling doves, he said, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a place of business. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews responded, What sign are you going to show us to prove you can do these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. The Jews said, It took 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. When Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. Then they believed the scripture and what Jesus had said. Please be seated. The gospel reading from John takes us to Jerusalem. Jesus is visiting this city because it's the time for the Passover. It's early in Jesus' ministry. And as you might have already been told in your past history books, when you turned age 12, the males were supposed to go to the Passover meal. And of course, you remember Jesus did that when he was age 12. And here he is, roughly 30 years old, starting his ministry. And so he goes with his disciples to this Passover meal to remember those great times in the past where God delivered his people Israel from bondage in Egypt. The Passover meal, something they observed at an annual festival. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, what does he see? I'm sure it wasn't what he saw when he was 12. He saw his father's house, a place of large, loud noise, packed with cattle and sheep and doves and many money, money changers trying to make a buck. It was a stench in his ears and eyes and mouth. It was a horrible scene for Jesus to see that happening in his father's house. And you know what happened. This place that was a terrible place was supposed to be a place of peace. This place that was supposed to be a place for the Gentiles to be at a quiet place for them to worship because they couldn't go into the temple court, beyond the temple courtyard. And now changed from what it was supposed to be. The scene was horrific, and Jesus lashed out. 
Jesus saw that his father's glory was diminished. Remember Jesus, or the Lord God, spoke those words to Moses one time. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And so you don't mess with God's holiness. And they were messing with God's holiness in the temple courtyard. And God, the Savior Jesus, was not happy. Not happy that it was taking place. He could smell the, the horrific smell of the cows and other animals. And they're trying to make a buck. And nobody wanted to do anything about it. As if there was nothing going on wrong. And God was angry. The Gentiles were supposed to worship in this area to pray to this God, the God of the Jews. What kind of an outreach program is this if you're going to have this going on and the Gentiles can't worship? It'd be like us charging you a tax to come in here and sit down. By the way, it's more expensive in the back. What if we were to charge you for the worship folders? The Lord God saw that this was a terrible thing happening. Jesus is offended by the corruption that's going on in his father's house. He smelled the stench of his own people, the Israelites, the Jewish people, and he was angry. Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a place of business. And his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Recognize those words? That's why we spoke responsibly Psalm 69 today. Just one section of Scripture which the disciples must have remembered as they remembered Jesus fulfilling that prophecy. Zeal for my house will consume me. So see the zeal of Jesus today. As you see the zeal of Jesus in this temple courtyard, you will not be surprised by how people reacted to it, you might be surprised at this zeal of Jesus. You can imagine the trouble it caused. The people were not happy that Jesus was calling them out. As he's talking to them, they must have wondered, how dare you make such an accusation? How dare you make these claims against us? But notice they don't seem to have so much concern at first about the authority. They simply wanted a sign. Give us a sign that you have the authority to do this, perhaps is what they're thinking. What sign are you going to show us to prove that you can do these things? That's certainly an aspect of human nature, isn't it? Not, what am I doing wrong so I can change my way of living? What am I doing that needs to change to make it correct again? but rather, what signs do you have for me? How refreshing. How refreshing that Jesus put these sinners in their place. How refreshing if that would be so uh, familiar in our day and age today as well. Wouldn't it be great if when that Christian brother or sister came up to me and says, John, you're doing wrong, you need to repent. And I say, thank you, brother, for pointing it out to me. Instead, I might be tempted to say, 
what business is it of yours? Why don't you take that plank out of your own eye instead of worrying about what I'm doing? So you see, it's very easy for us to not be willing to forgive or repent of our sin or even be confronting of our sins. We ought to examine ourselves every day because of our sinful nature and turn from our ways and live according to what God wants us to do. That's the zeal that Jesus is talking about. So what do you need to remove from your temple? What do you need to remove from your worship? Before you think about what's distracting you from your worship life, ask yourself what is distracting you because of what you are doing to distract yourself from worship. Is it something so simple like, well, are the, the baskets here for communion? Yeah, they're here. Is there wine in here? Yeah, there's wine. That's good. Okay. Any mistakes in the worship folder today? Probably. Are there enough worship folders? Go quickly and make some more. We don't want to run out. Are the bathrooms cleaned? Do we have enough worship folders for the visitors? We don't want to miss them. Has coffee been made yet? We're going to be needing some refreshments soon. And you go on and on, all the things you're so wrapped up in about planning for worship because there's so much to do about worship that we forget what? Worship is about the adoration of God. Take your focus off of those somewhat important but not really important things at all and focus instead on adoring your God, what truly worship is all about. What is the center of my worship? Is it what I get out of it? Yes, I guess it would be the case. And what am I getting out of it? I'm getting out of it a number of things. I'm getting out of it this great vertical relationship, horizontal, sorry, horizontal relationship with my fellow brothers and sisters and friends who've gathered here for worship online or in person. I'm gathering around the word of sacrament of the Lord's Supper to be united with my God to forgive me of all my sins. What value there is in worship when I value what worship is all about. What zeal to have in God's house, this love for his word and sacrament. Remember that welcoming song? God himself is with us. Let us now adore him and with awe appear before him. God is in his temple. All within keep silence. Prostrate lie with deepest reverence. Him alone, God we own. Him our God and Savior. Praise his name forever. Could it be that Jesus has zeal that we might turn our hearts from focusing on so many mundane things and focus instead on the great treasure of his gospel? When I walked into the church this morning, I couldn't marvel, help but marvel at the scenery that you have on your left-hand side of the windows. Have you looked at that lately? We have the scene that's coming up. The scene of Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Easter and Ascension and Pentecost. Those key aspects of our Christian church here. What a joy to revel in God's blessings in his word and sacrament. To have that zeal in God's house as Jesus had zeal as well. You might think that Jesus had a hidden agenda when he said these words. He actually had a, save, a saving agenda. 
destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. When Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. Then they believed the scripture and what Jesus had said. This is one of Jesus' incredible proverbs. What amazing words he has here. Destroy this temple, in three days I'll raise it up again. And since they're near the temple, the Jews thought, well, you must be talking about building this building here. Oh, wait a minute. It took 46 years to build this temple. You're going to raise it in three days? But Jesus was talking about the temple of his body. Jesus was talking about his death and resurrection. Portrayed on those windows. Portrayed in Scripture, of course. The power of Jesus' death and resurrection. See that zeal of Jesus? He doesn't just have zeal for his house, his father's house. He has zeal for us too. As he went to the cross to take care of all of our sins. You hear that so often. Does it really mean much after you've heard it so often? I pray it does. That scene laid before you of Holy Week, where Jesus laid down his life for us, his sheep, the lamb, the lamb we just finished singing. What a glorious treasure that is to know that Jesus has died for my sins. I am right with my God because he is alive as well. He not only died, he rose victoriously from the grave. That's the zeal of the Lord in his death and his resurrection. And the Jews, while they didn't understand it at first, they came to realize what Jesus was saying, and they tried to stop him. But no one could stop Jesus. They could have put a million troops outside his cave, entrance to his tomb, and tried to keep him from coming out. But the angel opened up the cave, not to let Jesus out. He's already gone, but to prove that he was gone. He has risen just as he said. That's the zeal of Jesus. And that broke the devil's back. Thanks be to God. And on the basis of that forgiveness, we have the treasure of the gospel to share treasure of the gospel to live every day of our lives. All this is possible because of the zeal of Jesus. He never backed down. He always did what was right. He always said what was right. He always carried out that perfect plan as God, his father, told him would, would need to happen. He carried it out completely for the world. So we see the love of Jesus in his zeal for us. If you go look at the New Testament scriptures, the epistles, the apostles, you see them constantly talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What a glorious treasure it is to read your epistles, the epistles of James or epistles of John or especially the Apostle Paul or Peter. And there you'll find the treasure of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Did you know that this was the first of two times that Jesus cleansed the temple? Matthew, Mark, and Luke record it happening just prior to Jesus going to the cross. John records it at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Did you know that the temple in Jerusalem was never rebuilt when it was destroyed in 70 AD? There's an arch built over that destruction of the temple, and a Roman emperor put on that arch... Words that said, in effect, this temple's been destroyed, 
and the money that was gained from that temple destruction was used to build a Colosseum. How ironic that is. You see the zeal of Jesus? His temple lives. His temple is not dead. The body of Jesus is alive. The resurrected Christ is here in his church, carrying out his work among us. See the zeal of Jesus. And we go to him in prayer with this earnest endeavor that we share that message of the zeal of Jesus in his house and beyond these walls. We pray, Lord Jesus, help me with the distractions that keep me from your word. Keep me focused on your resurrection from the dead. Help me see your zeal. Amen.